Yes, indeed. Last episode of the year. Yes. Oh my goodness. Can you believe that we've been almost going two years strong? I mean, going strong, and I mean mainly because of support of our fans. Yes. Or I don't want to call them fans, but the, our listeners. Our listeners. Um, we do it for you guys. Yeah. And we are. The, the Run, Run Duo. Duo. I'm Tommy Mitchell. And I am India Cook. And we got a great show today. Oh my gosh. Yes. Episode so 48. 48. Great show. Great interview. Oh my gosh. We got oh a great goodness. interview with um, Joseph Gray. He's yes. an African American distance runner, mountain, cross country, snowshoe. He all does of it all. Stuff. So we got US a great interview. Yes. yes. Many, many U.S. team, national teams. Um, and then, of course, our regular little um, talking stuff. Not regular little. We're awesome. Rocco, I'm sorry. Anyway. <laughs> Rubbing his butt on the floor. We got time for that. The scooting that means his anal glands need oh to be. Oh my god, you sound just like Heather. I'm his anal saying, glands his need to be. His anal glands need. I think it's called compressed or repressed repress, or yeah. something. Well, he need to he need to handle that because I ain't got time. <laughs> the doctor uh, has to handle that. Sorry guys, little dog situation <laughs> going on in here. Listen, Coco gets hers done. Of course, old English bulldog. She gets hers done and she still scoots. So we're like, really? we're not paying for that no more because you still scoot. <laughs> anyway. Oh my goodness. So. So this is actually last of the year and it's yes, our Christmas episode. It is our Christmas episode. Yes. So Merry Christmas. Merry I hope everyone Christmas. had happy an amazing Hanuk- happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Let's just Kwanzaa. say happy holidays. Yeah, happy holidays. Let's just yeah, say that. Yeah, I yes, like to indeed. say that anyway. Happy holidays to all of you, your family, listeners, everybody. I hope exactly. y'all got some good stuff under the tree. Hope some good running stuff. Somebody got some yes. shoes. Some shoes. Some winter some running boots, gear. Some winter running exactly. gear. Somebody gave you a registration. Registration, a you new watch. You know what I meant to mention? Mm-hmm. Give me a massage gift card or membership. Massage Envy. Give what? you that massage Envy. Maybe they'll maybe they'll sponsor the show since I said it. Right, so that would be awesome. Because you know, I think we underestimate recovery. Like I feel like the best gifts are recovery gifts because it's so needed. Yeah, I think the when I feel like because you know I like to call it living like a runner. When I really feel like I'm living like a like a runner, mm-hmm. I'm truly working my recovery. You know, yeah. I'm doing the roll. We talk about getting rollers. Yeah, get rollers for yes. gifts. All kinds foam of stuff. Rollers, yeah, foam rollers. All of those things. Foam rollers. The guns that we were talking about. Yeah, in the last episode. Exactly. That's awesome. The boots. But yeah, but recovery. it's coming to it. Uh, the year's coming to yes. an end. Yes, and it is almost twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. I remember when I we thought that the whole world was going to shut down in in year two K, <laughs> and now we're twenty we're years 20 later. Years. You know what? Really, ha- they haven't talked about a whole lot is the fact that it's the end of a decade. Yeah. I mean, not many I, really, people have I haven't really anything. heard too much about it. I guess this is not the millennium. They ain't really that Yeah, into but I it. think it's also because so many people were making such a big fuss about year 2000 and yeah. nothing, like it nothing wasn't, happened. it ended up all this hype and stuff went around it and it was mm-hmm. like, oh, <laughs> nothing happened. So I think that they're like, whatever. But yeah, it is the end of a decade. And end I guess, of a decade. And we still don't have any flying cars. What's up? It's coming. Okay. You think I'm just we'll saying. be around when it's like Well, well it's coming. We the t- autonomous, cars, be, no, like autonomous cars are already in rotation. I need a flying car. I know, but we got to get to autonomous cars before you flying cars. Okay, okay I guess. It's I coming. Mean, I, can, I can be behind the wheel. I just needed to fly. That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying, you got to take baby steps. <laughs> so let's, anyway. let's look back on the year. Yeah. Look back on our, our let's year. look back on the year. You had some good running stuff for 2019. Um, in 2019, I didn't do a whole lot of running. I did run a marathon. I ran the uh, Publix. Don't minimize uh, that. That's a marathon. It's a marathon. It was a new course. That's the main reason I did it, even though I was ridiculed 
ridiculed by many, including somebody in this room. Mm-hmm. Not not named Rocco. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can call me out. Go ahead. I'm here for it. Um, but that's probably my my biggest thing for uh for for 20, 2019, I didn't really do a whole whole lot. You know, okay. I ran Peachtree. I had fun. It was a good day. Yeah, I drank a lot of beer. It's a Peachtree. Yeah, it's a Peachtree. Yeah. Um, I know you did a lot. You know what? To, you know what's so funny is I was looking. So I track my. Um, of course, I'm on athletes and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like inevitable. But I I have a in my notes pad of my phone. I track my races for the year. Okay. So I just kind of go down the list, and I was mm-hmm. like, you know. I did a little bit this year, but then I was also excited about not doing a lot this year. Okay. If that makes any sense. So for Uh me, this was my first year in two years that I did not run a full marathon. Uh So that was refreshing for me. It was my first year also in a couple years of not running several half marathons. And I also did not do a lot of traveling. Okay. Whereas in the past, I was trying to hit up like two or three states a year for my oh, half for marathon, half my marathon. 50 for 50 okay. half yeah. marathon quest. Mm-hmm. And like for some, when they hear that, they're probably like, well, damn, what did you do? And I'm like, you know what? I took a step back. Life got a hold of me of 2019, in 2019. Mm-hmm. But I still feel like I took a couple steps forward in just for me, the podcast, my brand, like just things just continue to yeah. grow. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I did do one traveling. I was excited to go to, to D.C. for the Cherry Blossom 10-miler. Uh-huh. So that was awesome. And congratulations to everybody that got in for 2020. Well, 2020. I know that mm-hmm. everybody um, got their results on on Monday the 16th. A lot of people got their results for that. So congratulations. That's an amazing course. So that was exciting. And, of course, meeting Michael Wardian at that race yeah. was a big deal. Yeah. Like, you know, to me, that like meeting people that you follow on Instagram that are amazing runners, that are humble athletes, it's, it's good for me. So mm-hmm. um, I don't want to forget that. Of course, run coaching was mixed in there. So that was my first time experiencing that. Um, that was great. The something else that sticks out to me is us doing the podcast for the race, like the all day oh, yeah. interview. Yeah. Like that was that was amazing. It was amazing. It was rough, but it was amazing. That was tiring, <laughs> yes, y'all, but we knocked it tired. out. And, I'm, and I and I had some inklings that Tess would like to have that happen again next year. And I'm all down <laughs> for it. Um, but I'll be running at 5K instead so that I'm not as I'm not yeah. exhausted. India but it was r- realized that doing a doing a all expo, day. I mean, not even even if we weren't doing the the um, the podcast. Just being at an expo all day mm-hmm. really takes it out of you. And I, I and applaud yeah, mm-hmm. people that can do the expo and then go and run a race. You yeah. know, it's, it's not easy to do. Yeah. So I think that that was, that was awesome and fun. And I'm down for 2020. That's going to be great. Because did you hear that they're already at 1,000 registrants for the race? Boy, that, that test. Listen, that, that she's kicking behind. Congratulations, be Tess, and the things. race crew. She like. Is. That is awesome. It is. I'm that loving. Is awesome. I'm loving that it's growing because mm-hmm. the race. It, it, you know. You know what? We should. We should contact Joseph Gray and see if we can get him down here to run the, we the race. We need to ask him that. Yeah. We need to ask we him that. We need to see if he wants to come down and, and do the half marathon yeah, uh, for the race. But for anyway, sure. um, so yeah, a lot of great things in 2019. A lot of great yeah. things coming. Do you have any running resolutions for 2020? So. I, I'm trying to You said not you wanted to be to, more of an ambassador, and you are. Yes. So okay. one of the goals, mm-hmm. I was just about to say that. Mm-hmm. So one of my goals was to not just be ambassadors for companies, because, yes, I've landed 
three ambassadorships, which mm-hmm. is a blessing. And it's for the 2020 year. Um, but also to be more present and more active in the running community, including volunteering. So you all mm-hmm. see me, if you follow me on social media, you see that I do volunteer um, at races when I can, but I want to do more of that. So have more of a physical presence in the running community is one of my big goals. And whether that be through ambassadorships or just through just what I like to do, I want to be able to do that and inspire more. Um, I may run a full marathon in 2020. That's if I get into New York. If okay. I don't get into New York, mm-hmm. then I'm not running a full. Okay. Um, but if I get into New York, I feel like it's just, it's meant to be. Yeah. So I need to train for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to knock off two more states on the my 50 has and 50 states quest. Okay. Um, so I would like to with, get that. States? No ideas on the states no, okay. yet. No ideas on the states yet. And that mm-hmm. all, I think... It's so weird, but usually my goals for the following year is already set. Like, races, everything is already set by, at the latest, August or September the previous year. But this year, I'm just like, you know what? I think after maybe March or so, I'll be able to really solidify some goals. Uh So I definitely want to do that. Um, I would like to narrow down. So last night I was thinking about this, and I said, well, shit. I was like, what if I was to try to do 2020 miles ran like run 2020 miles oh within okay a year of for 2020. your training miles uh-huh bro well, i calculated miles. yeah just race just yeah. running miles in general yeah. bro i calculated how much that is and i was like nah what is what do you mean like how much you would have to run it's, a week it's 39 miles a week yeah no i'm good it's 39 <laughs> yes. miles a week so like for I think some people that Ameri- might not be a lot for some people that's not a lot yeah. so some of our listeners that yeah. knock down 50 to 100 miles a week you got it you can make that yeah. 2000 but for me that am not always in a training cycle like if you're always in a training cycle and you're dropping those miles yeah. then getting that 2000 is not is is easy a drop in a bucket for you but yeah. 39 miles a week just as no no mm. no, no no so i was like er, that is crossed <laughs> I was like, that is definitely crossed off the list. But if I can make it to maybe a thousand miles in a year. Yeah, I I always thought thousand miles is a good goal. Yeah. That's to me, that's a good goal to have. That's when like you start two talking about two thousand three ish miles a yeah, week. Yeah. You know? I mean not a week, excuse me, y'all. Two to three ish miles a day for the full week. Yeah. I mean for the yeah. full year, every day. And of course you if you do six, then you knocking out a couple of days. Y'all know what I mean. Yeah. I mean I a think if you were but like, like you said, <laughs> when you're in training mode you know, you're definitely going to do a whole lot more, but mm-hmm. when you're not, you know, you got to have some off time. Exactly. You know, so. Cause I was looking at my Garmin. So of course Garmin tells you year to date. Mm-hmm. And of course I was looking at my spikes and it was like, that was training season. So I had spikes in my mileage and of course, you know, hitting those higher miles was not necessarily a problem, but on off season or when you're recovering, dropping down those miles is not it. So mm-hmm. congrats. Good job to those that dropped those 50 to hundred miles exactly. a week. That's awesome. Exactly. Hey, that's not me. Nah. <laughs> You <laughs> can't do that, no. Yeah. Um, but those are some very good run resolutions. Yeah. Um, what I about you? I don't know if I got any. I mean, I, I told you I got into the cherry blossom. But yes, I congratulations. I, I, I put my name in without asking for permission. <laughs> so we'll see if I actually get to run it. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm just gonna play it by ear. I'm gonna see if, if if I do the cherry blossom. I said I might go ahead and you know try to do a, a 30 day base, and then that'll mm. put me like ten weeks out. I think okay. if I do a 30 day base, um, and ten weeks is plenty plenty time to, to train for a 10 miler. What does 30 day base look like for you? 
30 day base, um, getting back to where I can pretty much every weekend run 10 miles. Okay. Is that, that's kind of what I like. Cause that when I, on my off time, that mm-hmm. used to be my thing. Like okay. when I wasn't training, I would try to run 10 miles every Sunday. Okay. So, um, if I can get my base to where I can do that, mm-hmm. then, you know, I'm looking good for maybe training for a marathon later in the year. Okay. Um, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, so, you know, I might have to, uh, hit up, uh, coach O <laughs> if mm-hmm. I decide to do that. If I decide to do a marathon, I might actually yeah. do that, but you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play it by ear. I'm actually, okay. um, one of my goals is to get a, uh, a running stroller so I can run with my son, Yay. um, out at Stone Mountain. I, I would be scared to run. Cause I see people run like out here in Tucker on the sidewalk with a stroller. Yeah. I'd be so scared that I would tip it over. <laughs> yes. uh, and it goes smaller in the street. I think so, you have to get used to that. But yeah, yeah, I'd be scared to trip because I'm just clumsy myself, <laughs> let alone. Yeah, that that was that's um one. Um, you know, and as uh, as the year gets later in the year and, you know, he becomes more, you know, independent, I guess the only way I can put it, then I probably will get back more into the running community where I can go, you know, kind of go hang out a little bit more. Uh um, with uh, volunteering and running races, because yeah. I saw what was that you volunteered for? So I volunteered for Tessa's ten, uh, the West Side ten. So the ten okay. miler and ten k okay. was where I volunteered yeah. this previous weekend. That's yeah. one I've never done, and every year I say I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. It, it it looked fun, mm, very fun. Yeah, everybody gets the beer afterwards. Yeah, it's a good time. It's yeah. a very good, interesting, and good course. <laughs> You know, Tess loves that. So, but yeah, it's a good course. I've run it twice. I did yeah. the ten miler twice. So. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I definitely. Um, okay, that's one of my resolutions. I'm gonna run the race. Okay, because I did miss it this year. Okay, but that was more because I was I wasn't feeling good. Uh-huh. And I'm gonna run Tess's ten miler. Okay, well there so, you go. Well, you'll you be go. coming off a of training from a half, so the ten miler be a drop in a bucket. True, true. Yeah, and I'll get my beer. And I'll probably run because um this year because I know I like her uh race that she does at the cider place. It's usually mm-hmm. around Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. I like that race, so I, I'll probably run that one as well. Nice. Um, with her. Well, yeah. Well, you all let us know what's what are some of your 2020 goals, and if there's anything that we can help you to reach, definitely let us know. Um, I'm excited about 2020. I know some people are like, oh, it's just another day, another year. And I'm like, well, for me, it's I won't say it's a reset. Like, I feel like I've already started working on my 2020 goals. Uh-huh. So it's not like I'm waiting until January 1st to start because I try not to do that. But I think that it's exciting to have like you're turning over a new leaf yeah. and it's something to do it's something new. It's another year. And I like to sit back and reflect like I'm one of those people that reflects on my year I do a vision board and I try to figure out like what what I would like to see my year how I would like to see my year I go through the vision board to find out what didn't I complete why Mm -hmm. I assess that and what are some things I want to add well you know the new year I think the new year and your birthday are two points that people use to kind of mm-hmm. gauge, like you said, reflect on their year. So that's mm-hmm. definitely what I do as well. But, you know, blessed to have another year. Yes. 2020. I can't believe I'm I, born in the 60s and I'm still here. Listen, <laughs> you're doing the doggone thing. Yes. Now, you were um, 
we missed it last time because we didn't talk about the board. Yes. So Atlanta Track Club and those are and of course, people that are our listeners that listen to um, listen to our podcast, but don't live in Atlanta. That's OK. We there are Atlanta Track Club members that don't live in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But Atlanta Track Club um, has board of directors, obviously, because they are also a nonprofit. And the board of directors, cur- they currently have nominations out and we are voting for who who can be on the board. So one of our dedicated listeners, Darrell Patterson, is actually um, nominated for the board of directors with ATC. And he actually, if you want to go back and listen to an episode, he was on episode 40. So we actually interviewed him. He talked about all of his accolades and things that he's done. uh, You know, amazing. Mm -hmm. He's an amazing runner. He's an amazing father, amazing friend, and just doing big things out here in the running community. So definitely take a look at that listen to um his podcast if you want to get to know him a little bit better um and i just think it's 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 worth us voting we don't have a lot of us on the board yes you know so i think that it's great and of course when you go in if you are and it's for atlanta track club members only to vote mm-hmm. um you when you go in to vote it'll explain his credentials so it'll talk about his running credentials as well as business-wise because of course being a board of directors you're doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff in regards to Atlanta Track Club and I think it's great to be able to step up and have a face that can give a little bit different vision and view to what Atlanta can look like with the running community I think Atlanta still has a lot of growth that we can have within running. And of course we're running the city. The Olympic trials is going to be here in Atlanta, but we still have so much more growth and presence to be made in the Atlanta running mm-hmm. community. And I definitely think Darrell can provide that. Exactly. And trust me, if you listen to the episode where we episode 40 guys, if yes. you listen to that and don't vote for Darrell, yeah. you, you dead inside. <laughs> no I mean, you just straight up dead inside. Cause it's a, it's a great episode. It's one of yes. my favorite episodes. Yes. He is definitely a remarkable individual and definitely motivating and just amazing through his journey and just how he inspires and continues to knock down his goals. And it's, it's just amazing. And I would love to see him put my vote in, but I would love to see him on the board of Atlanta track club. Definitely, which is a big definitely. deal. Yeah. So good luck Darrell, on that. You all have, if you are Atlanta track club member, you have until January 6, 2020 at 1159 PM to vote, but definitely put your vote in. And I believe if there's some people that are wanting to become Atlanta track club members for 2020, once you're in, you can, you know, do your vote because it's open. So, Oh yeah. Be Cause open it's open until you, then. Yeah. You become a member January 1st. Yeah. So. I mean, and, and it's just, I mean, I of course am a member I guess most people sign up so they can get into the peace tree, mm-hmm. but which is fine. Mm-hmm. But I also do it because I like a lot what they do with the kilometer kids. I do. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that they are trying to get kids involved in running. Um, we talked about a little bit on um, the interview with uh, Joseph that's coming up, right. but like nobody exposed me to, to distance running when I was younger. And I wish somebody had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think that that's important. And I think when you start them young, you know, and it's not to force them to run, but when you expose them young, it helps them to have a different lens to to other sports than just football and basketball. Exactly. Exactly. Definitely. So this this previous weekend or two weekends ago, I shall say it was a it was a big weekend for me. Um, Just not really big for me, but um, 
a lot of most people, the announcements on if you got into Chicago 2020 was announced, which is big for me because those are my two marathoners, so mm-hmm. marathon. So that was big. And then also the Dallas BMW Dallas half marathon and full marathon took place two weekends ago. So for mm-hmm. me, that was amazing because I ran Dallas in 2017. And of course, Chicago is forever going to be my baby because that was my first marathon ever. So yes, congratulations and- to everybody that entered, got into Chicago as well as ran the BMW Dallas. Exactly. Uh, congratulations, Lisa Gosney. I think she ran the half mm-hmm. in, in Dallas. Uh, mm-hmm. She's uh, definitely someone that listens to the program. Yes, yes. Congratulations to everyone. I love Dal- the Dallas BMW. Really? How was the course? Is it flat? No. No, it has hills? It's not Atlanta Hills, but it's not flat. Okay. Yeah. I enjoyed it. For some reason, what I remember from the race is running through neighborhoods. There were some nice neighborhoods, like oh, houses that you're like, really? oh. Like, ooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whereas in Atlanta, when we run through neighborhoods, you can't really see those ooh-wee houses. Of course, we have ooh-wee houses here, yeah. but they're kind of off. Yeah. But in Dallas, they were kind of like on the street. Like, you really? could see them. Some nice houses. Nice houses. And then I enjoyed they had BMW cars, not all around the course, but like in spots on the course and closer mm-hmm. to the finish line you can see bmw cars in different areas so that was kind of like, cool like eye candy i like mercedes because my man works i was mercedes. about to say because but like... it's always nice to see a luxury car <laughs> you know you know oh women oh, in yes. their cars Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. anyway anything else um i want to say this one thing and this is just to kind of piggyback off of resolutions it's okay to not be a marathoner. I think a lot of people are setting goals to be to run halves and fulls and and all of that. And also for us that are marathoners, not everybody wants to be a marathoner. And I think sometimes we assume why don't you want to be a marathoner? That everybody wants to be a marathoner, and that's not the case. But you if you want to make that your goal in 2020, we are here for it. But if not, that's okay too. Just run your race, your race, run, your pace. Run, if you en- if you enjoy the shorter distance, that's, that's great. fine. That's that's perfectly fine. Because when me, I get these six ma- these six majors done, you done, I'm gonna be half marathon queen. <laughs> that is gonna be it for me. Yes, yes, yeah. Yes. I think I'm I'm gonna kind of stick. But you know what happens? Mm. You forget the pain. You forget the training. You forget all of it. The last time you ran you a marathon, then you go, you know yeah. what? I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna sign up for Savannah. You know I'm gonna sign up. Yeah. You know what's so interesting <laughs> is something that I was thinking about the other day. Because obviously, because Chicago came around i was uh-huh. like you know what i said it's so i won't say it's easier but you have a different respect for half marathon training once you have full marathon training yeah definitely you definitely and i'm not do. saying it it's not easier because no. it's still running it's and it's still, still dedication to miles nutrition fitness whatever but it's still like it's just a different understanding and appreciation yeah for the distance it's a different respect for the distance once you become a marathon well like after i ran because like that's what happened to me i went ran chicago which i think i'm my first marathon i still say chicago is my first even though i ran a marathon before that mm-hmm. just because chicago was the first one where i actually knew what i was doing mm-hmm. like before i had you know i didn't know anything about training mm-hmm. i was not a part of any running community i just mm-hmm. decided i was gonna run a marathon right chicago i you know i, I trained i actually you know had the hal higdon um training cycle mm-hmm. and i did it um <clears throat> excuse me but i bonked on it i didn't do my goal i mean i guess i did it was my first marathon i yeah, didn't really bonk. don't discount that i always say you know until you ran a run a marathon you have no idea what's gonna happen at mile 20 you don't you know, know what's gonna happen at mile five <laughs> listen a marathon and through marathon training is a whole beast but mm. i come back and like maybe two weeks later mm-hmm. it was the thanksgiving half 
And you're right. I, I mean, I felt like I could have sprinted the whole Thanksgiving half. Right. Because I had marathon training. You, yeah. Because you, 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 yeah, training. it just feels. You had the miles on your legs. Yeah. And a 13 at the end of marathon training is like, oh, oh. <laughs> it's like, thank you, Jesus. Exactly. 13, that's it. Oh, that's all I'm doing today. <laughs> cool. Thank you, yes, Jesus. Yes, but that's only through marathon training. <laughs> yeah. So, but actually, I was talking to a few people. And they all said the same thing. They said, yeah, like the week, like they said, a couple of weeks after my marathon, I ran my half marathon PR. Mm-hmm. And they said it was felt like I was like on air mm-hmm. because of, you know, of all the training. So, right. so we'll, we'll get back at it. Definitely. Yes. Most definitely. Yes. I mean, there's so many things that we have to, we continue to give. And I appreciate you for this year. Tommy. Man, I'm blushing, y'all. Putting up with my madness. <laughs> yes. We've well, been no. consistent, y'all. Thank it's you, India. Great. India makes this show so easy now. <laughs> Dude, no, that one week you weren't here, Bro. I thought about trying to do this by myself. <laughs> and I used to do it all the time. Yes. I was like, man, I'm about to put this interview on here and call it a day. <laughs> And I'm so sorry. And it's so funny. But you said that to me the other day when you were at my house and I was trying to do that clip. And I was, you was like, but you used to vlog all the time. I'm like, yo, it's been so long. It's like this. I mean, having a partner makes it so it much easier. It so does. Uh, definitely, yeah. definitely appreciate you for sure. I appreciate you too. And we're, like we said in our interview, and you will, when you listen to Joseph Gray's interview, you will hear why we continue to do this. Like this isn't, this is for us to be able to expose people that deserve the platform something that Tommy and I enjoy both of us connected because we enjoy the sport and we want to educate inspire and just just make it an enjoyable experience and I for me it's an outlet for me to continue to keep touch into the running community even when I'm having my lows with running I this is still giving me a high and excitement and I just love what I do so I appreciate you Tommy and I appreciate everybody that is continuing to be listeners, those silent fans and silent listeners that are out there. We appreciate you. This is for you all. And continue to show us some good love because we we definitely get it. And I appreciate everybody that also reaches out to us and comments on episodes and stuff. That's great. Thank you. Yes, definitely. You ready to bring Joseph on? Yes. Let's so bring him we're on. Gonna, I mean, great interview. We're going to bring Joseph uh, Gray on, a very accomplished uh, distance runner. And we're going to bring him on right now. Right. All right, and we are back with our guest, Joseph Gray. How you doing today, Joseph? I'm good, man. Thank you guys for having me on. Oh, thank you for taking the time out of your day. And now, guys, uh, uh, the listening audience, this guy has so many accolades. I don't even want to get started with how many accolades he has. (laughs) But just real quick, Joseph, I was checking your Wikipedia, and now it says trail, mountain, road, cross country, and snowshoe running. So you've run in snowshoes as well? Yeah, I try to I try to do it all and um, just try to challenge myself across all the distinctions of um, distance running. I hear you. Now, Joseph, we just want to kind of, you know, number one, thank you for taking time of your day to speak with us. But want to kind of get into how did you, because you have so many, like you have 28-time um, Team USA national team member. You have been in running for quite a while. How did you get into running as well as get into like trail running, which is something that we don't see a whole lot of African-Americans doing? Um, yeah, it was crazy. So, um, basketball was my number one sport. Um, and as you know, like 
it is a predominantly black sport, especially mm-hmm. like when you're in inner cities or, you know, we lived in a city when I was coming up, especially in middle school, high school. So um, when I started distance running, you know, I got, I got crap from my friends just because it was <laughs> mm-hmm. a weird, it's a weird sport. You know, when you come from a basketball background and you got the big shorts and everyone wears the baggy shorts and the baggy jersey. And that was kind of the thing back then. And so then you go to a sport where having tight fitted clothes on spandex or short shorts. So mm-hmm. it, you look hilarious <laughs> to them. It's, it's a big change. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was kind of um, getting into a little bit of trouble and I uh, had a coach um, who is, um, you know, a lifelong friend he's, and to this day, he's family. Um, he talked me into coming out for track. Um, the coach and, um, you know, it changed my life. I got, I got addicted to it. Um, I think I was falling out of love with it cause I was winning all the time. And so you, I kind of lost that challenge and, you know, I'm kind of one of those people I need to stay stimulated and kind of challenged or else, you know, I kind of get bored with something and, um, somebody spanked me real good. He beat me by like two seconds. Just the way he beat me was just painful. And, you know, and running, it's so different the way you, um, digest a loss because it's very individual. You know, when we played, when I was playing basketball, it's like uh, you could lose a game and um, you could easily say, oh, in your mind, you might not say it to your teammates, but oh, I was Willie's father, Mike's father. You know, right. he shouldn't have made all the turnovers. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, in a sport like this, when you lose, it's very um, individual and you got to internalize that. Like by yourself, you can't really blame anybody. And, you know, to some extent, there was something about that that I really liked is that I had to carry that weight on my own shoulders and get things done and stay focused. And um, it just drew me in. And that led me to, um, you know, to high school and ended up getting a full ride scholarship. And, um, you know, I got my bachelor's and my master's degree out of that. So it was just a, you know, just a beautiful experience that just kind of unfolded and led me into running professionally. That was kind of always my goal. I wanted to run professionally and uh, make national teams and even maybe win a national title. That was kind of, um, you know, a couple of the goals that I had in college. And then um, I, uh, you know, once I made it to a professional level, I was, you know, trail running, mountain running wasn't the thing that I was interested in at the time, but I, because I had nothing, I knew nothing about it. Uh, I love cross country and that was kind of my favorite sport. And uh, a buddy of mine, Simon Gutierrez, and he's a, you know, a guy that I looked up to. um, He talked me into coming out to my first uh, championship for troll to make um, the U S mountain running team. And I remember I loved everything about the course. Uh, It was just different. It was unique. It was a tough challenge. Um, I got humbled (laughs) in the biggest way, (laughs) but, uh, but I loved it. And so it's been a wrap since then. I've just, you know, stuck with it. And I really love the sport of trail and mountain running. And um, it's something that I want to do for, you know, as long as God lets me walk. Awesome. Awesome. So I know that a lot of people do road racing and some people do trail. And I know you started with doing cross country. Was there a big transition between cross cross country and trail? It sounds like there could be definitely some similarities, but where did you find, I guess, the biggest transition or what are some things that you feel like you had to transition the most on between cross country to trail running? Um, I did, I do road racing and I, and I did do that kind of first before I got in the trail. Cause mm-hmm. you know, when you, when you leave college, you know, road running is kind of a big deal. And it's a and it's a way to make money, obviously. Um, but uh, the major differences you will find um, will be the terrain, um, mountain running, trail stuff. You know, 
the train's going to be a lot steeper and it's going to be a lot more rugged. You're not going to be able to wear spikes typically or, or mm-hmm. really of you course. know low, mm-hmm. low low profile racing shoes because you're running over really sharp rocks and things like that. And so you start to get familiar with different types of shoes and rock plates. You know, that was something that <laughs> I had never even heard of a rock plate Mm-mm. until I was like, I must have been in my mid twenties before I had ever heard of something like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you get familiar with that kind of stuff because you realize, you know, those first few seasons, you try to get away with wearing your road racing shoes. Cause you come from that idea of lightweight, you know, mm-hmm. you want the lightest shoe and, um, you want to fly on, on the trails and then you realize, well, I'm hurt before the race is finished, so I'm not running very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to have shoes that protect you in a different way. For but yeah, I mean, I would say just the, the, the steepness and the terrain are the biggest biggest, biggest difference. Mm-hmm. Well, real quick, just because most of our audience probably has no idea what a rock plate is, what is that like? Actually, just a a metal plate inside the shoe itself? Um, not 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 particularly like a metal plate, but you can you can use um, TPU. Um, you can use a hard plastic, uh, you can use carbon. And so what it will be is basically a plate that they put kind of in the midsole in between the shoe, like kind of in the foam that you see from the side of a shoe, that side profile, uh-huh. they'll put it in there. And sometimes it'll be just to cover your forefoot area or it'll be full length across the whole shoe. And it, all it does is just help protect from, you know, sharp, small things, pointy things, rocks, mm-hmm. um, that, or sticks, um, that could potentially puncture your shoe if you had like a really light shoe with soft foams and things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's not incomparable to the Nike shoe that's out with the carbon plate inside of it. <laughs> um, it, it, it similar. I mean, the same idea you could use, I mean, you wouldn't want to use that shoe on the trail. <laughs> of course, of course, of course. <laughs> it's too pricey. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the idea of their carbon plate, like you could use a carbon plate similar to that, but you wouldn't want that shape. Okay. Um, that okay. they have on their yeah. carbon plate just because it would leave you a little wobbly and unstable on mm-hmm. trail racing. Mm-hmm. Okay. What so, brand of yeah. shoe do you wear? Um, I have been running with Hoka 1-1 since um, 2018. So I signed with them uh, two years ago now. Okay. Nice. All right. Yeah, we had another one of our guests that mm-hmm. ran Hoka. So mm-hmm. I've been wanting to try them, so I'll definitely have to try them out. Um, now yeah. you, you go to, you're, you're a basketball player, I guess you get to high school, you, a coach gets you into running. Now, when you were in high school, were you running, you were running cross country then, or were you on the track or both? No, I started running in middle school. So in, in where, in my era and in where I was living, we didn't have cross country in mm-hmm. middle school. So mm-hmm. I didn't start middle school until ninth grade. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So you were running, yeah. you running track and then, um, where did you end up going to school? Where'd you get your scholarship? Uh, Oklahoma State University. Oh, wow. Okay. Because now you live out in Washington State now, correct? No, I'm in Colorado now. You're in Colorado. So where are you from originally? Yeah, that's a hard one to say, man. Um, I'm a military brat, so we we lived everywhere. (laughs) Gotcha. Um, And then even I spent a couple summers where I spent a good majority of my summers in in Europe while I was racing and stuff. So I bounced around um, a little bit, but – most of my middle school, a couple of years in elementary school, and, and all of high school was in Washington State. So, okay. um, yeah, I mean, at heart, I guess I'm a Washingtonian. <laughs> gotcha. There you go. Gotcha. <laughs> so you, you, you go to uh, go to college. Now there you're running cross country, correct? Uh, yes, definitely. Okay. Yeah, in college, 
you get a full ride, you running whatever they tell you you running. <laughs> I hear that. Listen, <laughs> wherever that check is signed, right? Just get on the track. <laughs> I completely Indoor understand. Track, outdoor cross country. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, once you're, you're in college, when did you start? Because um, of course, in college, you're competing at I would say at the national level. But when did you start getting on these um, these U.S. national teams? So. Ironically, I made my first national team when I was 19 years old. Uh, I made my, it was a junior team and it was for the, the Pan Am games down in uh, Barbados. Mm. And I made it on the, on the steeplechase in the steeplechase. And so that was my first experience um, getting a team USA jersey and get my team USA gear. And, and um, yeah, it was very motivational and just kind of fires you up to when you get that first opportunity to represent your country. So um, it definitely, led me to thinking making goals that oh, I want to make a couple more of these mm-hmm. now for those of us of course many of us who n- will never wear a team USA jersey or anything like that <laughs> we can dream about we it. can always dream but <laughs> how much when, okay so once you're you're on the team because of course I, I I didn't play any college sports I you know I was a senior in high school and I graduated and I said I never want to touch a ball bat nothing again I just want to go to college and chill um, but so I, I never you know reached a level where I'm dealing with like these high level where you have a chance to go professional how much of the team USA coaching do you actually feel or is it more of okay I've made a team you stick with whatever training or coach you have at the time training. yeah independent training mm-hmm. and keep going or do they truly like bring of you all guys together even though this is more of an individual sport do they bring them together and like you know tell you okay you need to work on this or this is a training program I got set up for you that sort of thing right um you know to be honest most athletes and, and I, I can only speak from um teams that I've been a part of and, 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 and a little bit of sprints. I've had a lot of friends who've made sprints teams. So from what I can tell you is most people who are good enough to make a USA team for like, you know, really competitive world teams, like in Olympic teams, you know, high caliber world championships, not Mm -hmm. teams that are um, maybe a little easier to make, I would say, or, you know, I won't go into depth on that, but um, (laughs) for the, for the, for the high caliber teams, what you will find is, most athletes are professional and they have a coach already. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And there is the exception of when you make a relay team, typically you will team USA will have a a coach or something like that to work with the athletes to kind of get them in unity because typically it's going to be four athletes who probably don't train together and probably don't hang out that much. They're probably from different parts. And so getting them on the same page for the relay exchanges and stuff like that and trying to learn how each other runs and when to start and stuff like that. Um, but for, you know, mountain and distance running, we all have our coaches and, and you kind of want to stick to your coach. You don't want to pick up a new coach just Mm -hmm. for a small cycle before a Mm -hmm. championship representing the USA team, just because, you know, especially with distance running so much time, um, and energy goes into a cycle and it takes a lot of time to develop fitness and, and it takes a lot of time to stimulate and to develop a stimulus to, um, run at a certain level. And, you know, if you're working on speed or endurance, it takes a lot of time. So changing coaches just for the sake of a championship doesn't make sense typically. Exactly. Now, um, what, what distances as far as like now, now that you're at the professional level, what distances are you actually, actually running? Um, so, on the track, the shortest distance I would do would be maybe a 5K. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more comfortable doing a 10K. Um, and then trail and mountain running, that can go from anywhere from, 
you know, two or three kilometers where <laughs> it's very slow. You're running 20 minute mile pace because it's so steep. You know, we're, we're talking like 40% grades mm. basically up a black diamond ski hill, um, to races that are, you know, 50 K, um, or a little over 50 K 31, 32 miles in there. Um, that's usually about where I will stay in somewhere in between that. It's a big, big gap or big range, but, um, I like to kind of, like I said, challenge myself and, and try to uh, maintain versatility. All right. What's your favorite distance? Um, Oh man. <laughs> you know, I, people ask me that and I never can really tell you cause it, it's really, it, it, I don't have a favorite distance. I have a favorite, like if something's intriguing, like if you tell me there's some big race and the venue's cool and the funding is good and, um, and I'm excited about the competitors I'm going to be racing. It doesn't matter what distance it is. I'll be excited about it. And so that's my favorite for the time. Um, so I don't really have a favorite per se. I just love racing. Gotcha. Is it hard to switch up? Cause there is a huge range of what you just mentioned from 5k and I know you prefer 10k, but from 5k to 50k plus and the different like track to mountain. Right. I mean, those, that's such a difference. Yeah. Um, how do you, I oh, guess, yeah. train yourself or how do you, do you pick seasons of the year to focus on a particular distance or how do you kind of get your mindset to say, okay, I'm going to focus on speed versus I'm going to focus on endurance in regards to the mountain training. How do you kind of transition through um, that? Yeah. It, so initially, earlier in my career, I used to have kind of seasons for that. But now it's kind of, um, you know, I think you get opportunities that kind of fall in your lap and, and you have to kind of jump on it. And sometimes you might not be 100% ready for that type of race. And so what it boils down to is just being mentally tough person. And like, can you race? Are you the kind of person who likes to compete? And even if they know their cards aren't the best card, the best deck, they're still going to try, you know, there are some people who feel like they're, they're very mental, mentally weak in terms of, Oh, I haven't done uh, these types of workouts for this type of race. And so ultimately they've lost before the gun goes off. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, you have athletes, you know, not to toot my horn, but there's athletes like myself who, you know, I'm invigorated by that type of challenge. Like Mm -hmm. I don't want to lose. And so I kind of like being put in those situations, like those high pressure situations. And, um, kind of the same way I was in basketball. I like, I like when there's five seconds left and, you know, I got to guard the best offensive player and they're trying to win the game on us and you need me to stop them. You know, I want to be that guy mm-hmm. um, or, you know what I'm saying? So I, I love that um, about our sport that you can, you can get those opportunities whenever you want. <laughs> or in <laughs> basketball, you might not always get those opportunities. So exactly, exactly. Well, I mean, you, just kind of, if you would, just maybe kind of tell the audience, even after listening to all you've said so far, mm-hmm. tell them, I know you can't give all your accolades, but give some. Give some of your accolades, <laughs> maybe the ones that you're most proud of as far as, you know, teams you made, gold medals you've won, that sort of thing. Um, I have won uh, 17 uh, USA national titles. Um, and what I'm most proud about, for that feat is just it was across you know all the genres um trail mountain ultra uh road track uh, and cross country um and i've represented the country 29 different times team usa and again across different genres um and out of that feat what i'm most proud about is you know I, i tell people this and even i tell young athletes this who are aspiring to be great athletes one day is you know, don't be um, content with 
um, making a team. Oh, I made varsity. And then it's like, you're sitting on top of the world or, or, Hey, I made a USA team and I got a USA Jersey. Like, don't be proud about solely just, you know, simply representing something, um, do something with that representation. Um, so for me, making USA teams is great, but I said, you know, I don't want to go to a championship and just get, you know, 20th place and be like, Oh, you know, I represent my country. Yeah. And it's like, nah, I want, if I'm representing my country, I want to come home with something so that not only are the people in my country proud of what I've done, but I'm proud of myself. Um, so for me, that's what I'm mostly proud about is out of those 29 teams, I've come home with some, um, some major medals. I've won a lot of individual gold medals myself and, you know, cross country races and world mountain running champs, um, and tro world championships, um, and also have helped lead the team to gold medals, um, silver medals and bronze medals. And, you know, it, it's a proud moment when you can help your country come home with some hardware. Definitely. Most definitely. It's a great representation. Do you have any, yeah. with all of that you just said, mm-hmm. do you have any uh, goals? Like, is there anything that you're shooting for f- for the future right now? Um, you know, uh, I've said this before. I always say it is, I mean, and it's cliche, but, uh, I just want to do better. Um, whatever, like, I, like there's races I won this year and people would maybe say, how do you do better? And it's like, I know how I race personally, no matter what race I won, if I won by one second or if I won by 50 minutes, mm-hmm. um, I can personally think back on that and, and I grade myself and I know how I did, uh, personally. And so, Ultimately, I want to do better at a few different events or, you know, there's a few records that I'm chasing. But, yeah, ultimately, just just do better. Um, keep representing my country. Keep um, fighting for national titles and things like that. Great. That is yeah. that is great. Now, <laughs> once again, with all of that you did, I feel embarrassed that the the first time I really heard about you was I read an article that was in Running World. And mm-hmm. in, in the title of it, Joe Gray wants to tackle distance running diversity problem. Um, and it was a great article, but what, what, what is it that got you? And I don't know if, you know, running world came to you or you just kind of was talking to somebody from, you know, I'm sure you, you've talked to running world before with all the accolades you have. How did the article come about? Um, I'm trying to think of that one. Uh, I want to say it came about because of like probably the project inspired diversity Mm -hmm. and that I, that I do and. Um, basically, you know, it's my way of helping other young black Americans in our country and minorities, giving them some support, um, through my sponsors. And, you know, my sponsors are kind of behind me on this a hundred percent. And I'm using that, um, platform to help other kids and inspire them to keep going. And, um, just to give them some help. Cause I remember when I was young, the first time I got a free pair of shoes, you know, it's not a big deal. Right. But, or to that person, it probably wasn't a big deal they don't realize to me, it was everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, I can't go to my parents and be like, mom, I need a new pair of shoes. You know, you can't just do that all the time. Yeah. In high school. So yeah. Gives, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, when someone gives you something like that, it inspires you and it motivated me. It made me want to train. It made me want to be great because it was like, man, he gave me something free and it's like, man, I can use it. And you're just excited about it. And I wanted to kind of re- return that favor to other kids. I feel like could use it. Um, and so I think that got some attention and got a little buzz. And so there've been some articles that I've been a part of and some were, um, you know, other authors that, um, good friends of mine, like Brian Meltzer, who's a big supporter of mine and, and just a big supporter of diversity. I feel like he's a great guy. 
Uh, he's covered me before in other articles, but, um, you know, he's one of the guys who wrote an article on, on this situation uh, regarding diversity. And so, um, yeah, it just took off like that. And uh, it's been positive. You know, there's been some people who, you know, like <laughs> I think we joked about it earlier, how I was saying, you know, I don't like to deal with anonymous people, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you know, on social media, especially, you know, mm-hmm. and people say things that are out of pocket, you know, some racist comments and things like that. And, um, you know, there's always going to be that whenever you do something that mm-hmm. shakes up the world a little bit uh, or causes people to think about something differently, especially when it has something to do with race and considering where we are today socially, and um, it's going to cause people to say things negative to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but ultimately, like I said, it's been positive and, you know, I'm not really concerned or focused on, you know, the negativity just because, Ultimately, I know where my heart is. I mean, you can say what you want about me, but I know where my heart is and I know I'm helping and I want to keep helping. Right. Speaking of diversity, I think that that's great that you are continuing to give back and continue to do great in the sport. Um, Of course, we're based in Atlanta. So the Olympic trial qualifications um, for the Olympic trials are here in February of next year. And we are so excited and we continue to track because we want to see more. One of my friends, we say brown legs. We want to see more brown (laughs) legs running out there. (laughs) Um, Is that something that is um, something that you're looking to do, trying to toe that line or what's your thoughts on the Olympic trials? Um, man, you know, if if I'm being a hundred percent honest with you, uh, I would, I'm going to run, I'm going to go for a, a qualifier to run there, mm-hmm. obviously, because uh, I do want to run a, mar- a half marathon. Um, and so if I qualify with a really good time, then I would definitely think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm being completely honest, I know a few guys who I think are contenders, guys that I train with in my group. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I see what they do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're focused on road year round. And I'm like, if I'm not even close to what they've run in the half, um, then I think it hurts me a little bit, and especially because they've gotten rid of the hillier section. Cause it was initially the hilly course in Atlanta. It still and, is. You know, <laughs> Joseph, trust yeah, me. But, I mean, Joseph, it is still, trust it's me. Still it still hilly. is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but you of, got you know that because I mean? you the, do trail. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah right. they did. They, they did. have cut out some of it. You're right. <laughs> yeah. So I think that hurts my chances, you know, to compete against guys who are focused on road only. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whereas if the course is, a little hillier it definitely opens the door mm-hmm. but um so i don't know man it's one of those things i'll know more as as i get closer and see how my build-up goes and how the training goes and you know so far it's been really great and um but mm-hmm. you know still there's like i said earlier you get a lot of opportunities i've had a lot of opportunities kind of uh, been tossed around and they're around similar time periods and um mm-hmm. so i have a lot to think about and it's something that i think i'll let my races uh speak for you know, those choices as to what I'm going to do. Nice. Yeah. And that window's closing January 19th is, is the deadline, deadline. For that. Well, yeah. you know, Joseph, <laughs> if you do decide to come, you got my number. Hit me up. Right. We, we, we want to get a big crowd out, you know, to cheer for you. Now, I did want to ask, it's, it's kind of going back to the diversity side. What do you think it is? Why do you think, because you, like you said before we even started the call, you were more into the, the trail running side as far as making that more diverse. And we know a few trail runners, mm-hmm. um, yeah. African-American trail runners here in Atlanta, but um, definitely not as many that run road. Mm-hmm. Why do you think it's such a lack of diversity in the, the trail running side? 
you know, it's, it's a very new concept in general in the U.S. if you really think about it. Um, mountain running, we don't have super old races. Like when you go to Europe, you'll see races that have been, you know, they're in their 40th edition or 45th edition. Mm-hmm. In the U.S., we don't, we're not that old yet. Mm-hmm. It's not a, it's a new sport. But then on top of that, um, you look at where the sport came from. You know, where are these type of races held? They're held in areas that are not typically around a lot of black people, a lot of black communities. And so right off the bat, it's a little strange, right? When you take a black person um, from, say, where I'm from, and you say, hey, we're going to run up this mountain. They're going to look at you like, what? why? Right. <laughs> we barely want to go camping. Because <laughs> right. it's such a new, you know, <laughs> it's such a strange concept, and it's a very new concept. And so, um, you know, there's that. But then on top of it, um, there's a lot of media that doesn't cover a lot of diversity. Um, mm-hmm. There's not a lot of cultural topics in a lot of the trail and outdoor um, spaces. Mm-hmm. And so already it's hard to get the attention of black people to even intrigue them in, in a new type of sport, especially a mountain or trail sport. If there's nothing in those magazines that even appeals to them or people that even look like them ever. And so, you know, part of um, my mission was to say, Hey, look, uh, we do need to, to, add more color to these magazines, these photo shoots, these models, mm-hmm. um, not even the models, actually, but I take that back. I've, I've said we shouldn't be going with models because I think to inspire that next generation of kids, um, black youth to get into trail running, you need to have the stars of the sport. Right. Um, I thought, you know, one of the examples I've used many times is LeBron James and Michael Jordan, right? We yeah. use them in ads. We don't use models that are black guys who are playing basketball. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they don't inspire that next generation to be great because we don't know who they are. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's important to, to get away from the cheap aspect of using social influencers and models mm-hmm. and make sure we are using people who are recognizable and who are actually chasing these big, big goals, big lofty goals because we want kids to aspire to that. We don't want them to, to be okay or content with just being average. Right. Um, we want them to shoot for the stars because that's how you create a generation that's all about positivity and competitive. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they're not going to get in trouble or nonsense because they, they know, Hey, I got to be focused. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And I think it's interesting that you said that, like, as, as you're saying it, I'm thinking, I'm like, you know what? I see ads from different companies and some of those people that are in the ads don't run. Yeah. <laughs> Like, right. or they right, don't, right. you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm thinking of particular, right. but it's just like, you don't run or you don't do this. And you're sitting here with tights on and a three quarter length zip or these shoes that are whatever. And it's like, okay, you might've, and no, I'm not taking anything away from people that have only run five case, but that's just not, it's, you're not engulfed in the sport. Yeah. And you know, right. you do need to, it is good to have people that are engulfed in the sport and can talk about the experience, can give you education, motivation inspiration you know right. and they're actually on these magazines and in these ads so that's i mean that's a good topic that i never i never even thought about yeah i mean yeah definitely yeah i wish somebody would have presented because i ran track in mm-hmm. high school but i wish somebody would have presented cross country to me mm-hmm. when i was you know at that age because i probably would because of course i'm i was I'm, i was just like joseph hey <laughs> I play. I'm from the South, so we played football. We mm-hmm. played football. We played basketball. We played baseball. And distance wasn't it. And yeah, so mm-hmm. nobody really, you know, did distance running. If somebody would have shown it to me, mm-hmm. I'm sure because I was decently fast, I would have, you know, kind of probably stuck with it myself. So yeah, exposing exposure the youth to key. it definitely mm-hmm. is key. I don't think exposure is the right. number one thing. It's all about exposure. It is um, because this is the thing. 
companies realize that there's a market, there's opportunity to, I hate to say it, but it, there, there are some companies who are doing it genuine. They're authentic. Mm-hmm. They want, um, they want to support black causes and, and, and support issues like mine, diversity issues, mm-hmm. because they want to make money. They want to get sales. And you know what? Ultimately, I'm okay with that. I don't care if they're doing it authentic or not, because honestly, mm-hmm. it's going to help either way. Right. And so for me, I don't care, um, but it's necessary. And a lot of people are understanding that now, like, hey, this is the reason why a lot of these outdoor spaces and magazines and media don't have anything black in them, because no one was saying anything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I took a lot of slack when I started saying stuff about it, because people think, oh, he's maybe bitter because they don't cover him. And it's like, Man, if you you clearly don't know me, right? And I deserve I this space. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, well, I'm not doing it. Like I tell people all the time, I'm eating, my family eating. Mm-hmm. I live where I want to live. I drive what I want to drive. I don't do it for the fame. I don't need the fame. I'm right. happy competing. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as I'm eating, I'm good. Right. And so it ain't about me. I'm just saying, America's a melting pot. We're colorful. Right. We can't have magazines that are meant to be about sport, an international type sport that doesn't cover all the colors in the melting pot Mm -hmm. in that country. Right. That's just not great representation in general. True. True. There are a lot of people that deserve that platform. Definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. definitely. Most definitely. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons, honestly, that Tommy and I do this podcast is to highlight individuals like you that deserve the platform, deserve the, the the audience to hear what you're doing and amazing things that you are doing and you know i think we strategically pick our our people that we interview because of that and, yeah. you know it's very important for us to do that because uh, there's a quite a few you know running podcasts. as i've done this for a while there's a lot of running podcasts out there um and i think somebody asked me once like well why do y'all only interview you know african-americans i'm like well actually we don't because we, we had, do yeah, yeah. <laughs> we interview everybody but we try but to reach the diverse population there's a chance joseph that you that somebody yeah. might not interview you Mm-hmm. And you should be interviewed. Right. I'm sure you right. have been all over the world, but right. I'm just saying in general, you know, mm-hmm. hey, let's let's highlight him just because the other mm-hmm. outlets might not. Right. So. Right. Right. Exactly. That is that. I mean, that's a great way to put it. It's a great point. Well, I, Joseph, I have truly enjoyed speaking with Definitely. you now. Before we, we, we move on, move off of this. Um, is there anything else that you want to tell our audience? Anything that we missed that you want to talk about? Um, man, not that I can think of. Um, we covered yeah, a lot. Not off the top of my head. <laughs> Any type of inspiration <laughs> yeah, or anything for people that are looking to get into trail or you know look up to or anything like that? Or where should we um, look for you next? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I definitely think uh, you know if if they're obviously if they're listening to this podcast, I think they'll be interested in general. But um, and not even just trail running, just try something new, mm. like. I tell my friends and my family all the time, I try to get my mom, and my dad to try, you know, new things when it comes to activities and, and athletic type things and working out and fitness. And it's like, just try something new, something that maybe you've never tried. Mm-hmm. Um, because maybe you'll inspire someone else who wasn't comfortable making that first step mm-hmm. there. You, people don't understand how much of an impact they have with inspiring someone. There's people who may never tell you that you inspired them, mm-hmm. but you're doing good by, you taking a risk and you yep. taking that first step, a lot of people might follow you. I call those say, silent you know, fans. Hey, man. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And and like I said, <laughs> you got to make sure your heart's good so that it doesn't matter that you're not getting that recognition for it. Cause right. if your heart's not good, then you're not going to be in a happy place in general. That's so true. Um, 
you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, just try something new. You know, trail running, it's something that obviously I would, you know, I'm biased. There would be something that I would say you should try, but ultimately just try something new. Trail running is a fun one. Mm-hmm. It's one that, you know, I think you should take your time to ease into just mm-hmm. so you don't get hurt because yes. you start getting hurt and yes. then you, won't, you don't enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> I've exactly. done a couple trail runs and it was very serene, like the environment and the nature. It was refreshing, but yeah. I also am very yeah. clumsy and <laughs> I twisted my, ankle, you know, yeah. just <laughs> random yeah. things that right. I was not prepared for. But it is something that <laughs> could be interesting um, to do more of. So, yeah, I definitely, definitely enjoy it for training. Yeah, um, I like trail running. Definitely. Mm-hmm. It's better on it's better on your knees. Usually, you know, running on the trails as opposed <laughs> to the road. So I definitely enjoy it that way. Now, before we go, Joseph. Give us your Instagram, your Facebook, however these, you know, our audience, if they want to be able to follow you and keep track of you, how would they do that? Um, yeah. So on Twitter and Instagram, um, at Joe Jeezy, J O E G E E Z I. And, uh, on Facebook, they can get me on facebook.com slash journey of Joe Jeezy. And, um, yeah, I have a couple other platforms that, that they'll see from those, those uh, links and uh, yeah, if they have any questions or whatnot, or they just want to show some love, I'm, I'm all for it. Nice, perfect, perfect. Awesome. I've already seen that there are quite a few of our listeners that follow you because mm-hmm. you know it kind of pops up when. So when I went to your Instagram, I saw a few of them. So definitely, it's going to be a, quite a few people that want to want to hear this interview. But once again, Joseph. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much for taking time out of your day to speak with us. And, you know, if you make it to Atlanta, like I said, you got our number. Give us a call. We'll yeah. definitely be out there cheering for you. OK. <laughs> All right. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for uh, giving me the opportunity as well. No our pleasure. Thank our pleasure. You. Keep being great. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You too. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> OK. Now. Oh, my God. Listen. That boy right there. Listen. So good. So good. So inspiring. Like, he's just like, I'm just trying to reach people exactly diversity i I love you know the way he spoke about diversity the the way he spoke about what he wants to do how he wants to inspire people and he's so down to earth yeah inspiring people not just people but kids as well like Mm -hmm. just just the fact of him talking about we need to reach out to the kids and it's all about exposure like that is a big deal so thank you joseph so much for being on the podcast thank you thank you yes so happy holidays everybody happy Um, new year happy holidays but while we're gone yes if you want to get in touch with us how they gonna do that with you yeah so you can hit me up on instagram at i underscore of underscore indigo which is e-n-i excuse me e-n-d-i-g-o underscore run so that's i of indigo runs on facebook you can find me at india cook or if you want to just shoot me an email you can email me at milesfromindia at gmail.com and you can get me at thomas w mitchell the number two at gmail.com email or tmitch68 on instagram or at the run duo instagram page you can dm us there yes. happy new year everybody new we'll year. see y'all next year peace, peace.